0: Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit echoeygt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at echoeygt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Amen. You may begin to find your way back to your seats this evening. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night, this midweek service. Hey, take your Bible and turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It is our 28th sermon in the book of 1 Corinthians. We take a passage and we preach through it. And tonight, with the Lord's help, we're going we're to begin at verse 12 and go all the way to the end of the chapter. And uh, I'll be the Lord going to bless us. How many have enjoyed the study in 1 Corinthians? It hasn't been powerful, amen? I read out of the New Living Translation, and verse 12 says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles. Some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit And we all share the same spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. Yes, the body has many different parts, but not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, does that make it any less part of the body? Or if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just as he wants it. Just as he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part, Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members Care for each other. Do you see the aim? So that all the members will care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. Each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. There's apostles and prophets Teachers, those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Do we all teach? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you open our hearts to receive, and, and Lord, give us ears that would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And when we leave here tonight, encourage and strengthen And Lord, conform to the image of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we love your word. Oh, your word is good. Your word is like medicine to our bones. And Lord, we allow the word of God to speak to us this evening. We allow the word of God to change us and wash us and transform us. And We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. Hey, let's begin by talking about the analogy, the analogy that Paul uses of uh, the gifts. Paul compares the body of Christ and its many spiritual gifted members to the human body with its many physical members. Each member in both bodies perform a vital task. We perform a vital task in the kingdom of God. Look at verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So he's using the physical body to bring an analogy concerning the church, the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Now go down to verse 18. Verse 18 says, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. I love that phrase. God has put you just where he wants you. God has put me just where he wants me. This is a simple yet a powerful illustration that each of us can understand and each of us can immediately grasp. The analogy of the human body. And the human body has many parts and the human body is is fascinating. You know, the human body is very adaptable and can compensate when forced to, but works at its optimum when each part is functioning properly. There are parts of the body which are visible and get a lot of attention, while there are other parts of the body that are not visible. And sometimes the non-visible parts play a vital role in functioning and even though they cannot be seen, the body cannot function without them. You have to have a liver to live. But you don't see your liver. But it's vital to the operation and functioning of the body's system. And I love the words of the New Living Translation, the many parts make up one whole body. And the idea of the analogy is the wholeness that each part of the body makes up that the body isn't lacking when each member is doing uh, what it is functioned to do, when each member is operating as, as God intended that member to operate. And what I learned from this passage is that you are important. I am important. All of us are important to the functioning of the body. We don't function at our optimum if, not, if each of us are not doing our part. So none of us can have the the idea of, well, I'm just going to coast. I'm just going to sit on the sidelines. No, you're important to the functioning of the church. You're important to the functioning of the body of Christ. Can you say amen? amen? In these verses, we also get to see into the cultural makeup of the early church. Notice the verse says, there are Jews, there are Gentiles, there are slaves, there are free men. Not only people from different cultures, but people from different economic situations. People from different statuses or situations in life. And though Paul highlights the different places, different families and cultures and backgrounds, he makes this grand announcement. Look at the second part of verse 13. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we share the same spirit. You all have heard the the statement, the, the ground is level at Calvary. And it's so true. It is level because we have the same spirit The same spirit that lived in Christ Jesus lives in me. The same spirit that lived in Christ Jesus lives in you. We have one baptism, one spirit, one Father, one Lord Jesus Christ. So, though we have different backgrounds, different experiences, different ethnicities, different social, economic uh, levels, yet we are one in Christ Jesus. I'm thankful this is the answer to the world's dilemma. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ. So Paul compares the body of Christ to a human body. Each part has a specific function that is necessary to the body as a whole. The parts are different for a purpose, and in their differences, they must work together. Did you get that? In their differences, we must work together. We're not to highlight the differences. We're to celebrate the differences. It's what makes the body so beautiful. It's what makes the church so wonderful. That's what's going to make heaven heaven from every tribe, every tongue, every kindred, every nation. They're going to bow and confess he's Lord of all. Our churches should represent what heaven's going to look like. Amen. Every tribe, every nation, every kindred, every Tongue. Diversity can maintain unity as long as all submit to one Lord. And you and I as Christians, we must avoid two common errors. The first common error is this, being too proud of our own abilities. And the second one, thinking that you have nothing to give to the body of believers. You have something to give. This message tonight is for you to understand you are important and you are needed. This message is for you to understand your voice matters, your input. You are a vital part of the church of Jesus Christ. So instead of comparing ourselves to one another, we should use our different gifts together to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. So we speak Christ's body language when we practice our unique gifts under his sole authority. Can you say amen? Verse 18 reminds us, our bodies have many parts and God has put each part where he, he wants it to. God has put each part where he wants it to. It speaks of God's sovereignty. God is sovereign, amen? amen? We are the clay. He's the potter. Who is the clay to say to the potter, why did you make me this way? Why did you form me this way? No, the potter has sole authority over the clay. The clay just surrenders to the potter's will. So it speaks of God's sovereignty. It also speaks of God's unique design. You are uniquely designed. You are God's craftsmanship. Workmanship is what the book of Ephesians says. You are God's masterpiece. You are uniquely designed by your heavenly father. It also speaks that you have individual purpose. And I believe this. Nobody can do what you do. Nobody has the giftings and the talents like you. Nobody can fulfill you your unique purpose in the kingdom except for you. So don't think that your voice doesn't matter, your input doesn't matter, your presence doesn't matter. It does matter. We don't function well as a body when you are missing when you're not a part, when you withhold yourself, it's not just, just affecting you, it's affecting others around you because the body cannot function properly without all of its members. Can you say amen? Now, no member in either body can be independent of other members. Just like the human body can not be independent. we got to have that liver. we got to have that heart, that muscle. You, you need your eyes, you need your arms, you need every part God's created you with. Well, the body of Christ is the same. Look at verse 14. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make any, any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, Would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Verse 19, how strange a body would be if it only had one part. If it only had an eye. If it only had an ear it only had a foot. That would be strange. We would say it's, 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 well, it's like a monster. Something, it's not, it's not right. You are important and one is not more important than the other. Stop and let the words penetrate us. The body, the one, has many different members. Let that penetrate. Each part is important to complete the body. Let me tell you what this is telling us. Comparison is not good. Well, Lord, why did you gift me this way and give them that gift? Lord, I want that gift. I don't like the gift I have. See, the enemy wants you to get comparing yourself with other people because there's something about our fallen nature. When we compare ourselves, we always come up short. And the enemy wants to keep you feeling bad. The enemy wants to keep you feeling down. The enemy wants you suppressed because he knows if you really understand who you are in Christ, then you're going to be a world changer. You're going to be, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So the enemy knows that. So he's always trying to attack your self-confidence. He's always trying to attack the uniqueness that God has created you with, and he's always trying to get you to question your ability to have influence because if he can get you to question that, then he's going to get you to be quiet. But God never meant for you to be quiet. He meant for you to engage with the body. He meant for you to find your purpose and your anointing, and together we can change the world. Together we can make a difference. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. You are uniquely equipped and you are gifted by the Holy Spirit. I need you to hear that. You are uniquely equipped and you are gifted by the Holy Spirit. Now allow the words of verse 19 to really sink deep. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. How strange. Bruce Barton writes this. All believers, those with spectacular gifts and those with quieter gifts are placed right where God wants them so they might serve effectively together. They are one body with many parts because God made it that way. Look at verse 20. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Let me give us an important note. There should be no feelings of superiority in the body of Christ. There should be no feelings of I'm better than other people. Because the word of God plainly says that we need each other. We cannot fully function appropriately alone. The body needs all of its parts. We call this interdependence. We depend on each other. Realize you have to rise and do your part. We are interdependent on each other. When one refuses to be used, it not only affects themselves, but the body as a whole. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we need you. Tell them, we need you. Your voice matters, your, your gift matters, your life matters, your influence matters. You matter. We need you. You at home realize we need you. Division has no place in the body of Christ. Verse, verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. What a powerful voice, verse. What a powerful statement. Again, God does not see like man sees. Think of David just for a moment. When others saw nothing but a shepherd boy, the youngest of his father's children, Father God saw a king. Think of Gideon. The angel of the Lord said, Gideon, you man of valor. God saw a conqueror. God saw a great judge to lead his people. Verse 23, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. The foot can never say to the ear, I don't need you. There's no place for envy and jealousy in the body of Christ. Let's learn to celebrate each other. Let's learn to applaud each other. Let's learn to encourage each other. Let's learn to believe in one another. Let's learn our inner dependence upon each other and realize and tell your brother and sister, I need you. I can't be who God's called me to be without you being a part of uh, the fellowship, you being a part of what God is doing. Then Paul says this in verse 19, how strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem to be weakest. And then verse 25, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. We must learn to protect one another. We must learn to have each other's back. And we also must learn to share our experiences one with the other. You know, I don't know about you, but when my foot hurts, my whole body hurts. I don't know about you, but when that muscle in my lower back gets moving, let me tell you, it'll stop me. It'll put me to my knees. See, in like manner in the body of Christ, when one member suffers, we all suffer and when one wins, guess what? We all win. So we got to learn to celebrate each other, celebrate when we win. It's not just, oh, man, they just get all the credit. Oh, they just look. They just shine. No, you and I, all of us together win. But in the same way, when one is hurting, when one is not functioning at their optimal, it also affects each of us. Verse 25 says, this makes for harmony among the members. So all the members, I love this, care for each other. Verse 25, they care for each other. That word harmony, Paul had already discussed the importance of harmony in chapter 1. If you go back to chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, you look at verse 10, Paul says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Harmony, be united together. Now, going back to chapter 12, you look at verse 26. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. See, such harmony happens only when all the members, the weak and the strong, the flamboyant and the quiet, the upfront and the behind the scenes, use their gifts. They appreciate each other and they care for each other equally. In church, we have to learn to appreciate each other. We got to learn to celebrate each other. And such caring is demonstrated as they share in one another's joys but you also share in one another's sorrows. As with the physical human body, one part suffering causes every part to suffer. When the head hurts, the whole body suffers. When the thumb is hit with the hammer, you can feel it in your big toe. In the body of believers, if one part suffers, all the parts suffers. We must learn to share one another's burdens in order to help lighten those burdens. And likewise, as one part is honored, all the parts are glad. There's no room for jealousy, no room for strife. When one person receives praise, instead, everybody should be glad. Can you say amen? And then Paul closes this chapter by talking about the greatest of the gifts. He promises to show a more excellent way, which he will in chapter 13, and we'll begin that next week. Verse 26, I'm sorry, verse 28, here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church apostles, prophets, teachers those who do miracles, gifts of healing, those who help each others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages? Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all have the power to do the miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? Do have all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And what you know about this passage is this. Every gift is a blessing. And Paul went to great lengths in this passage to establish proper attitudes toward every gift of the Spirit. And the Corinthians, the challenge of the Corinthian church is they tended to exalt some gifts over others. But Paul urged them to recognize that all gifts are a blessing from the Spirit of God. Now let me lay out a few principles as we begin to close. Every Christian is a necessary, beneficial member of the church. Spiritual gifts are primarily for the purpose of building the church up, not for self-glorification, but to glorify the Father. And because we are members of one another, the spiritual status of our fellow believers affects us personally. Know this principle. We do not receive spiritual gifts according to merit or ability, but as God sees fit according to his grace. Let me give you some special applications may we look for ways to use our gifts in the service of the church. And may we encourage each other to do so as well. God has gifted you. He's gifted you with the ability to do great things and to do certain things well. But it's not just for you to to earn a great living. It's not just for you just to be a blessing in the world. God has blessed you that you might be a blessing to the church God wants to use you we must take pride we must not take pride in our spiritual gifts and let's celebrate the gifts in one another We must not feel inferior if our gifts are not as impressive as the gifts of others or not maybe as as well-known or evident as others. Don't feel inferior because you're not. God has dispersed and given and placed us within the body in that right place for this right time and this right season. And what we know is this: we should actively pursue spiritual gifts. The musicians are going to making their way up. Tonight, I want you to know it's important that we affirm each other. It's, it's necessary that we value one another. Not only affirm, but you value just because maybe one is more behind the scenes. Can I tell you a lot of times that behind the scenes is more important than the one who is a little more boisterous, a little more outgoing? You have to have that depth. You have to have that depth in, on the team. Most of you know I love baseball. And let me tell you what's happening right now. The Tampa Bay Rays are whipping up on everybody. I mean, I mean, the Yankees are like seven and a half games back. I mean, they're like, boom, putting it on the Yankees. I mean, Boston, they beat Boston last night. They gave Boston a whipping, a spanking. Let me tell you why the Rays are doing so well, because there's depth on the team. There's depth in the bullpen. And if you know anything about baseball, it's getting close to the playoffs and all the trades have taken place. And it really is who makes the best trades right at the end. Who's making the best trades right toward toward the, the end of the season before the cutoff? And let me tell you, the Rays have done well. And they secured an ability to go deep into the playoffs, if not the World Series. Well, You know what? As a church, you have to develop that bench. You have to develop that depth. It's not just that one key player. It's not just that great shortstop, but it's also that finisher. And you know that pitcher, that finisher may only pitch in in a game and sometimes just once or twice a week. But he brings value to that team because he closes it. You and I, we have to have depth within the body of Christ. We must learn to value one another. It's needful for each of us to come together and to work alongside each other. Let me challenge you, seek the gifts of the Spirit, hunger to be used of God. And let's value every gift and esteem one another in the love of God. Can we stand tonight? You at home, won't you stand with us? And as GT Worship leads us, why don't we just spend a moment just worshiping God and just ask the Lord, just how can he use us? How does he want to use us? Father, we love you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You are worthy today, God. You are worthy today, Jesus.